Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every freaking Friday. I'm one of your hosts, Brittany Brombacher, alongside my Pokemon partner in crime, Ryan Shea. Hey, how's it going, Britt? Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited. Now, for those of you who don't know, Brian was just here a couple weeks ago, and Brian, I totally skipped over your title, so let me like give you a super dramatic <clears throat> senior editor of Game Informer magazine and host of all things Nintendo podcast. Whoa. Super serious. Super serious. <laughs> no, I mean, when I saw that the news, the Pokemon news, was going to be like the main topic of this week, week's show, I said, man, Brian and I just had a fantastic conversation about Pokemon Arceus, Arceus, Arceus. I don't even remember the right way to pronounce it. It's Arceus. Arceus. I'm gonna fuck it up again. I'm just fair warning. I had a, so I had I had Kitten Krista from formerly of Nintendo and now the Kitten Krista podcast on my show, and you know they just left Nintendo like a month or two ago. Oh yeah. And I was talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, and they were like, "Oh wow, you're saying it the right way. Like Nintendo would be very happy." And I'm like, "Okay, so that like affirms that that is the correct pronunciation. So it's Arceus. Arceus." Arceus, okay, friend, take a shot every time I say Arceus, because it's going to happen, and you oh, will God. get drunk. Or maybe just drink water instead, you know? Just... I have that alongside my other drink. I was like, speaking of beverages, you made another fancy drink for this week's show. I did. I made a whiskey sour with egg white. I was telling you so... off the show that it looks almost tropical, because it has that creamy look to it, with that fancy fruit that you put in there. Well, it does have citrus, so that qualifies as tropical, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I haven't been anywhere tropical in 50 years, so I don't remember anymore. <laughs> but um, how have you been? You were just at Dice. So, like, mm -hmm. give us a little update. How's Brian doing? Brian's doing all right. You know, just uh, same old, same old, aside from when I was at Dice, which was, like, you know, it's in Las Vegas, so it's always, like, a fun time. Got to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in quite a while. You know, I was just at the Game Awards in December, so I did see a good amount of people there, but, like, this was, like some of them were the same people but other ones were like completely different so like it, it still had kind of like that family reunion vibe that i talked about i think last time on the show uh, and it was uh it was a blast and it was great to meet a whole bunch of people for the first time see people that i haven't seen in a long time uh for the first time in like two years so yeah overall uh, great time i got to see uh sit in on a conversation um it was a panel for uh, it was joe russo of avengers infinity war fame and uh donald mustard so Ooh. you know one of the chief creatives over at epic games so 
you know, Fortnite and Avengers talking about universe building within an IP. So it was like, oh, these are like masters of that. So that was a really cool conversation to sit in on. And then of course, like working backstage at the Dice Awards. So like getting you to interview the winners as they're coming off the stage with their awards. So like chatting with uh, the Forza Horizon 5 team, the Halo Infinite team, the Ratchet and Clank team. I think we talked to them like three times because they won so many awards. <laughs> oh, nice. And then, uh, of course, Ed Boon, who uh, was inducted into their Hall of Fame. So that was really cool as well. Uh, and, yeah, very well-deserved. Just a master of his craft and has been doing this for like 30 years. Uh, well, more than 30 years, but like Mortal Kombat for 30 years mm -hmm. and then stuff before that with like pinball machines and everything even before that. Ah, oh, man. That's so cool. I'm so jealous. One of these days, I'll get my ass out to a convention. I'm hoping, I think PAX East is out for me, but there's no E3, so rip that. I guess PAX West is the next major thing coming up in like five GDC, months. GDC, but like yeah. GDC, uh, I'm, I'm not going to that, unfortunately. I would love to, but uh, unfortunately, I am not on the docket for that one. And then, yeah, PAX East, I'm not going to either. Maybe something will pop up in the summer. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe somebody will fill that void. Hopefully, Keely, we're looking at you. You're our only hope at this point. Come on, point. Jeff. <laughs> and how are things going with the All Things Nintendo podcast? Very good. Um, so the episode that hits today, uh, surprise, surprise, is recount like just looking back at all the Pokemon Day news. So you'll Ooh. probably hear a little repetition between the two episodes today or the, your episode and the one that I'm recording. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, going very well. You all right over there? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I'm drinking some Johnny Walker, friends. Scotch. It just hits differently than uh, the little maker's mark there, so it kind of burned my, my throat a little bit. But I tried to pull it <laughs> off until Brian called me out. <clears throat> but, so again, Brian, thank you for joining us this week. Andrea is obviously out, but she will be back next week with a very, very special guest that we're all very excited about. And, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about Pokemon. So let's get into it. But first... I want to thank this month's Patreon producers, Chewie's Godson, Alex Rogopoulos, David Icolucci, Ferris Atea, Justin Foshi, Matthew Godare, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Stephen Dark, not to be confused with Stephen Light. And thank you, new podcast reviewers, Smudge822, Rs7667, and then, ugh, Brian, this is what people do. This name, it's H-S-A-F-G-H-G-F-C-B-H-G-B. So, <clears throat> Very Scandinavian sounding. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for your review, as well as Xavier Spirit. Thank you so much for your reviews, friends. Again, it keeps us feeling warm and fuzzy, gives a little ego boost, and, you know, just gives us some fuel when we feel like, you know, we've hit a wall. So we really, really appreciate it. Also, thank you to this month, this week's sponsors, MeUndies, Fixture Gaming, and Guild Wars. But we'll tell you more about that later, because, ladies and gentlemen, Pokemon Day happened. Now, I, Brian, actually kind of forgot about Pokemon Day. I, uh, it wasn't until Sunday, I think afternoon or something, that I just happened to pop on Twitter and I saw some unknown starters. And I was like, who are these folks? What are these characters? Who are they and what are they? So I thought real quick we could just kind of briefly go through like some headlines here. We'll really do the deep dive into Scarlet and Violet after we kind of like briefly go through all this stuff because while well, this stuff is cool listen it's not the meat and potatoes you know what i mean it's not like absolutely the cream of the crop so all this comes from game informer so thank you game informer this year was nothing short of a great stream bringing news of updates for many of the franchise's titles including pokemon go pokemon brilliant diamond and pokemon shining pearl pokemon legends arceus 
Hey. And even the reveal of Generation 9, or Gen 9, if you're one of the cool kids. So obviously we got Scarlet and Violet, but we'll talk about that in a second. But maybe this was the biggest one. You let me know. Pokemon Legends Arceus Daybreak Update. So this adds a new investigation to the game for players to take part in. You must investigate a new phenomenon that is causing a mass outbreak of what appears to be alpha Pokemon. Plus, this update adds, a new, tra adds new trainer battles to the in-game training grounds. Yeah, so that is definitely the second biggest announcement to come out of this stream. And I think... Think it's all. I haven't had a chance to check out any of this stuff firsthand, by the way, because I've just been on the road this entire time. Yeah. Um. I I did open up. I mean, we'll talk about Pokemon Go in a little bit. I did open up Pokemon Go and catch a Poplio, so I was pretty excited about Ooh. that because uh, uh, it's always exciting when they add new Pokemon to that game, even though I don't really play it that much anymore. Um. But yeah, this was definitely the biggest news to come out of that stream outside of Scarlet and Violet. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people wanted new trainer battles added to this game, and this seems to give it to them. Well, there you go. X gonna give it to you. In this case, Nintendo. Game Freak. Let's game go. Game Freak gonna give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, have to be honest. I haven't played more than maybe four or five hours of Arceus. It um, just didn't click with me immediately. And so I'm thinking, like, maybe right now just isn't the time. So I'm going to try a few weeks and play in a few other games right now, and then I'm hoping to come back to it. I mean, I told you this on the last episode I was on. You that did. intro is sluggishly oh, slow. Yeah. So slow. No voice acting, just all like reading and like dialogue heavy cutscenes. And it's like, oh, catch these three Pokemon. All right, now back to talking for an hour. Yeah. So once you get through that, it, it's a very Persona 4 esque opening where you're just in dialogue for hours and then it opens up and then the game is amazing. So. Right. I hope you do go back to it and try to stick with it. I think you're through the woods, though. Like, you're, you're out of the too. woods, yeah. and you're into, like, the main gameplay loop, and that's when it really sunk its hooks into me. Out of the woods and into the tall grass. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to hop back in later because I think I've gotten all the tutorial stuff out of the way. So I'm going to let it simmer, and then I'll hop back into the world of Arceus. Yeah, that's right. I, I, you know you what? I, I actually try to I actually try to fuck it up because I wanted to force everyone to take a shot, but I actually got it right. Anyway, enough about that. I'll take a drink anyway. Thank you. Please do. I feel like my my mission was not in vain. All right, we also got some stuff for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Mystery gift, Shaman. A new mystery event for Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl will go live, and it will give players Oak's Letter. This can be used to begin the mythical Pokemon Shaman encounter in-game, giving players the chance to add this Pokemon to their party in Pokedex. Cool. I'm not going to go back and do this. Brian, does this do anything for you? No. All right. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's a free Pokemon that's a pretty cool one. Like, it's mythical, so like it's not like a super common one you could catch anywhere else so yeah it's yeah. cool but like they've done this before with uh if you had like a let's go save or if you had a sword and shield save you got i think it was mew and celebi you get them for free and i think those are cooler pokemon so like yeah sure i'll take a free mythical pokemon but like maybe it's enough to get me to fire the game up again but not enough to like be like oh now i need to play this I gotta drop everything and go back in yeah Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I have so many games on my plate right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, next up, Pokemon Go Alola update. Starting March 1st, Pokemon from Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon will begin to appear in Pokemon Go. So it sounds like you are someone who likes to dive back into Pokemon Go every now and again. I maybe touch it at this point once every like seven months. There was a time. That's when... about my frequency oh, as well. It? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you, you played a lot like in 2016, 2017, oh, I imagine. Every single yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. That was my daily game for the longest time. It was like that and Overwatch. And 
I I just haven't played that much. Like I think it was like last summer was the last time I really put like an actual like dedicated. All right, I'm gonna go for a walk so I can catch Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But like that was still when like there weren't a whole lot of places open and like it was like all right well i guess i'll walk around my stupid neighborhood again and like that was it for me too catching pokemon but like the thing about pokemon go is like it was always a huge event whenever they added a new generation of pokemon it always felt like a big deal it always felt like this is like an event worth playing and like this is gonna like give it a shot in the arm and Mm. make it seem like fresh again you know because like after a certain period of time, I remember when it was just Gen 1, after a certain period of time, it was like, all right, I've caught all the Pokemon. I have, like, all the Pokemon that are in here. Like, maybe once in a while, I'll find, like, a Dratini, and that'll give me more candy so I can get closer to getting a Dragonite. Right. But, like, at a, after a certain period, it, it just wasn't that same level of excitement. And then they introduced Gen 2, and it was like, oh, my God, there's, like, a whole new Pokedex to fill out. This is amazing. And then, like, I think I stuck with it through the introduction and the inclusion of Gen 4, and then I fell off pretty sharply. But now we're getting to Gen 7, and it's like, holy crap. Like, we're I, we're almost caught up to, like, the mainline games at this point. God, that's wild to me. Yeah, I stopped playing, like, every day a, a while ago because I would just walk around my neighborhood here. But all I had were Pidgeys. And I was like, you know, yeah. I, I'm sick of fucking Pidgeys. Listen. Like, and it's not like the uh, kind of game. Like, I used to, like, plan weekends around it. Like, back yeah. in, like, when the game first came out, I'd be like, all right, where are the parks that are going to have the good Pokemon? Yes. Let's take, like, a day trip out to the parks or, like, let's take a day trip to the city so we can just walk around downtown and catch a bunch of, like, rare Pokemon that we can't get in the neighborhood. And now it's like, all right, if I'm somewhere where there might be some good Pokemon, like I didn't do it at all when I was in Vegas. So I, I should have done it when I was in Vegas now that I think of it. But like, you know, now it's like, oh, if I if I think of it, I'll open up Pokemon Go and see if there's anything cool around. Ah, oh, man, that was such a fun time. Such a fun it time was. to like, be I've, a gamer. I've seen, like, the, I've seen the tweets where it's like, like summer 2016 when pokemon go first came out was like the closest we've ever had to world peace (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah that's kind of true like everybody Uh, was just going around catching pokemon and having a good old time simple times ladies and gentlemen those were the simple days (laughs) oh man well moving on from pokemon unite i'm sorry not pokemon Unite. pokemon go to pokemon unite it is getting a new type of battle full fury battles and my understanding is either just quicker more intense frenzied little skirmishes if you will we also got a new look at hoopa who is joining the game and the tease of the next pokemon getting added to the roster after that duraladon 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 how do you say that one i'm gonna say duraladon duraladon yeah it's kind of like a dinosaur duraladon anywho have you played have you played unite at all is that something that you've dipped your feet into no it's something i want to check out at one point but i'm just not a moba guy yeah so you know my husband is obsessed with pokemon unite like he so he loved smash and he still does but it got his blood pumping too much and he was like i need he's like i need to chill and he's like okay so what he loves about unite though is that it gives you like that brief adrenaline rush but it's so simple and then like if you lose it's not a big deal because it's kind of like a team effort anyway like he plays it every night he walks on the treadmill for probably like an hour and a half and plays it while walking and he yeah it's great for him because it makes it go super fast so i'm getting a lot of vicarious pokemon unite thrills from watching him and i even played it for a while there but uh after a bit i just couldn't keep up with everything i was like ah it's fun and my my main was crimerant love that stupid I love that. So was that, was, is that your first MOBA or did you play other MOBAs? Totally my first, probably my last. And 
Ido Steimer, who works at Riot, is, you know, League, she was always laughing at me. She's like, that's not a MOBA. She's like, that's like baby's first, like, half of a MOBA. And I was like, I know. And it was fun. But, uh, yeah, I, it's, you know, it was. By the way. Yeah. Already vanquished the whiskey sour. Holy crap. I need to catch up. Hold on. <laughs> you do need to catch up. Yeah, that's when the fun starts. All right. So I have finished now my probably shot and a half of scotch. Brian has finished his whiskey sour. Now things get fun because we are almost to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. All right. Next up, Pokemon Masters EX is getting new trainers, features, and more. Pokemon Cafe Remix is getting deliveries. I'm sure that means something to a lot of you out there. To me, it doesn't mean much. I hope. So, like, I, that's another, like, Masters and, like, Masters seems like a game that I would love. And I actually downloaded it. Mm hmm. And I was, I started it up and I was like, I don't have time for this. I have too much other stuff on my plate and I just never went back to it. I was like, I'll, I'll save it on my phone. And then eventually like I ran out of space on my phone. So that was like on the chopping block and I got rid of it. But like Cafe Remix, like I love those dumb little puzzle games. Like oh, okay. I love the uh, Pokemon Battle Trezai. Like that was a great game that I love playing. And Pokemon Cafe Remix, I, I keep wanting to give it a shot. But again, I, there's only a finite amount of time in the yeah. day. Um, and I currently have three giant open world games to play through. So it's like help Pokemon cafe remix or this. And, but yeah, like delivery is like, apparently it's like a good way to like attract Pokemon that aren't otherwise in the game to your cafe oh. and a bunch of events coming. And then also, um, like they're for the, the I think the two year anniversary, they're going to start introducing even more Pokemon that haven't come into the game. So like, oh. I guess like, I don't know. Vic, was it Victini? I think is the one they mentioned, or maybe I'm getting my games mixed up. I don't know. There's like 27 Pokemon games that we're talking about today. There are. I think There's so the many. That, that they're talking about being in that. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I mean, listen, I love Pokemon <laughs> so much, but I can't even fucking keep up with all of this. It is just so much. But hey, you know what? Variety is good. And finally, well, besides the the big the big story we're talking about here. New online Pokemon anime. So a new, quote, online animated series set in Hosui region has begun production. This means that the game will take place in the world of Pokemon Legends. Arceus, take a shot. It will be an original story and set to premiere in 2022. Ah, I, you know, I liked the look of this. I just finished watching, oh God, was it, what was the new, the latest series that just came out, Brian? It was only like, each episode is maybe like. Was it like Wings of Twilight or something like that? I, it was, it was like, well, no, these, maybe. These were on YouTube, I think only. And it, they were published on the Pokemon's YouTube channel. And they were maybe like 10 to 15 minutes a piece. And each one was based off of each. Twilight one. Wings, damn it. Is so that what close. it's called? Oh, okay. Well, whatever it was, I can't remember. But it was, um, each episode was dedicated to each generation. And what I oh, love. Oh, wait, wait. Is that yeah, that was the Sword and Shield one, I think, was wing Twilight Wings, but Generations, okay. I generations. think. Generations, that's ex that's it. Uh, God, that those were good. I wish they were longer and a little bit more thorough, but I would love a Pokemon anime in that style. Like, don't get me wrong, like, the cute shit with, like, Ash, whatever, adorable. I'm happy it exists. But the more, like, mature art style, it, it just, God, it looked so good. I would yeah. want more I, of that. Have you watched, uh, I think it's called Evolutions. Yes. Is that what I'm thinking of? I thought, okay, hold on. Or is it Generations? So there's Generations, there's Evolutions, there's Twilight Wings, there's, oh my God. I think, Origins. Uh, those are all, like, kind of like the web shorts that they put out. Okay, maybe uh, Origins is a good one, but, like, they actually have pretty good – like, there's one scene, if I'm thinking of – I always confuse uh, Evolutions and Origins, but, like uh – -huh. 
they actually show like a squirtle just biting the hell out of like a charmander's cheek and it's kind of like disturbing because it's like it looks like painful the way it just latches onto him like damn like <laughs> but that's what i want that's what i, I want an m-rated pokemon game damn it am i ever gonna get it probably not but you know no. what yeah probably not so anyway lots of pokemon lots of pokemon going on so now let's get to the real the real i'm trying to give a pokemon the real talks out fuck it i'm not I'm, I'm gonna butcher it. i'm not even gonna try all right pokemon scarlet pokemon violet have been revealed alongside a first look at starters and this is releasing late 2022 from game informer i'm just gonna read this and then we can just like go balls to the wall so the next mainline pokemon games have been revealed as pokemon scarlet and pokemon violet and they will be released on the switch in late 2022 the trailer begins with a security guard at game freak checking something out before it transitions to footage from scarlet and violet adopting the look of sword and shield although with significant graphical upgrades this game appears to be set in a region such as italy or perhaps somewhere in south america based on some of the architecture regardless the trailer features plenty of sweeping vistas familiar pocket monster faces and beautiful use of color quote with these new titles the pokemon series takes a new evolutionary step allowing you to explore freely in a richly expressed open world the official page for these games reads various towns blend seamlessly into the wilderness with no borders you'll be able to see the pokemon of this region in the skies in the seas in the forests on the streets all over you'll be able to experience the true joy Find of the me on the streets i know right you can fucking see like a charmander <laughs> in a trench coat like open it up and be like what do you want how all these like rolexes and shit in his <laughs> trench coat that would be weird hey man I would buy a Rolex from a Charmander. Just throwing that out there. I would too. Mm. You'll be able to experience the true joy of the Pokemon series, battling against wild Pokemon in order to catch them, now in an open world game that players of any age can enjoy. Perhaps most exciting to fans is the big reveal that Generation 9 starters, Grass type cat. Oh, God. Sp how do you say that one? Sprigatito? Sprigatito. Sprigatito? Okay, I like that. Sprigatito. <laughs> Fire type croc Fuecoco and water type Tugling Quaxley. God, I love it. Game Freak says these games will hit the Switch in late 2022, so expect a release date to be revealed at a later time for somewhere around October or November. Okay, so, wow. Uh, were you expecting to see Gen 9, or did you already, like, know because you're a fancy Brian well, from Game Informer? I didn't already know, but I was expecting to see Gen 9 at least teased last Pokemon Day. And that's because we were due, like, even though Sword and Shield feels, like, so recent, like, this is the cadence at which we usually get new generations of Pokemon. Like, it always feels like, oh, my God, it's been so long since we've gotten a new generation. Like, when we look back in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, like, the, the, the gap between, like, Gen 8 and 9, or, mm -hmm. or that's not hindsight, that's what's currently happening. Gen, like, 6 and 7, that is, it always seems, like, so long in hindsight, but it's really only, like, three or four years max, you know? So we are due for a new generation at this point. So I was kind of surprised they did announce it because it does feel like because they did the expansions and then they also did like kind of like a stopgap with Legends Arceus that maybe we would get an extra year between it. I, I'll tell you this. I, I wasn't surprised that we saw it. I was surprised that it's coming out this year since yeah. we already got a good game in Legends Arceus. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. And maybe we could talk about this later. I'm like, so where does this put Breath of the Wild too? Yeah, I mean, Grant, like, you know what I mean? We got Xenoblade coming out in September. We had Breath of the Wild, which you assumed would have been, like, their main holiday blockbuster. But now you have Pokemon, which is the late 2022. And so that really threw me for a loop. But, I mean, that's a whole conversation, I guess, probably for later. But Yeah, but, yeah. like, 
that that is a good indication because there's been a lot of speculation of like is breath of the wild sequel really going to make 2022 right and this may be tipping their hands and if not like we have a hell of a holiday season from nintendo oh absolutely it's gonna be it would be wonderful i have a little list here actually from um nintendo life and they kind of go for those who need a reminder, got Triangle Strategy. These are in order of dates. Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Nintendo Switch Sports, Mario Strikers, Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes, Splatoon 3 this summer, Xenoblade Chronicles September, Mario Rabbids, Bayonetta 3, Scarlet Violet, and Breath of the Wild sequel. Like, damn. And Xenoblade. Did you say Xenoblade? I think I did, unless I skipped over it, which I could have done. I could have blamed the scotch for it. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, yeah. Holy hell. So that's why, again, like with you, I was kind of surprised to see it because we did get Arceus. Then I was more surprised, I guess, to see it coming out this year. But what are your thoughts after watching this trailer? So my first thought, like you were talking about like the region and like where it could be based on. Like we know that Sword and Shield is based on like the Gallo region is based on England. Right. My first thought when I saw that, like you mentioned uh, like Italy or maybe South America somewhere. My thought when I heard the starter names was it's either Spain mm-hmm. or somewhere in South America or just Latin America in general, uh, because Sprigatito and Fuecoco sounds Spanish, right? Sure. Yeah. I don't know where Quaxley fits into that, but <laughs> it's a cute <laughs> name for a duck. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that was my first thought was that it has to be, I mean, maybe it's Italian. I don't know. Like I, I, I'm not well versed in any kind of Italian etymology or anything but like i know it's a romance language much like spanish yeah so maybe it, maybe it fits into that that a convention as well but that was my thought as well um was that it might be like south america or latin america or maybe spain um but i would actually be surprised if they did another european country so soon after sword and shield as like the inspiration mm, that is an interesting point i didn't even think about that I agree, but I also think that they just march to the beat of their own drum, and they're like, "We look at." I wouldn't have been surprised if they did another game in England. Like, I just, I wouldn't have been, you know. But that's okay. Either way, though, I'm with you. I think it's more of like it reminds me more of Spain. Um, and what I really liked about the trailer though was just the vibrant colors. I love just pausing and looking at like the stills and being like, "Oh my god!" Like this looks. They look like the wild regions, but, like, way better. <laughs> you know, there's more verticality, more rolling hills, waterfalls, rivers. And it looks more like a inha- like a, a habitable ecosystem for Pokemon to, like, live in. And I think for me, like, watching some of the footage, you can tell some of it's still maybe a little early. And that's okay. Like, that's fine. But just seeing some of the, like, the Psyduck kind of wandering around in the marshes, I was like, okay, that's really cool. But it does kind of, again, like, look like they just maybe place the Pokemon in these little areas. And, like, okay, Psyducks belong in the marshes, so, like, you're here. Or, like, Growlithe belong in, like, these volcano areas. Like, you're there. Like, what my ultimate hope is is that you actually see, like, these Pokemon, like, interacting with their environments and not just kind of, like, aimlessly. Right? Like, not aimlessly wandering around. But and sorry, I was actually because I, I was actually typing something, uh, looking up to see if I could find where they went on their media tour mm-hmm. because that's where they got the inspiration for the Gala region was they went on a media tour to England for oh. Pokemon Sun and Moon. So I was seeing if maybe they went to like somewhere in South America or Latin America or Spain or something like that for the Sword and Shield media tour. I know they went to San Francisco, but that's definitely not where this no. is based on. Uh-uh. interesting 
So I was trying to see if I could just quickly bring that up through the magic of Google, and I could not without disrupting the entire flow of the show, oh, as I just did. Oh, anyway. listen, so. I, I do it all the time. There's no flow to this show. We just shoot the shit and have a good time. It doesn't matter. But, but yes, yeah. environmental interactions, I would love that. Like, I'd love to, like, because right now in, like, Legends Arceus, you can throw food to them and, like, watch them eat it and stuff. But, like, I want to see them, like, I want to see, like, a, I don't know. You want to see a Squirtle bite in a Charmander. Exactly. Because they're bite pissed the off. That they're fighting over a sexy Venusaur. I don't know. That would Interesting. be really weird. Interesting choice there. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that I want to see, like, a, a Pidgeotto swoop down and, like, pick a Magikarp up out of the out of the water. You evil. I knew you were going there with that. I had a feeling because every – listen, friends. I blame your icon on Discord because you I have know. a Magikarp as your icon. I have a Magikarp. He's my boy. Every Pokemon card – not everyone. That's an exaggeration. But a lot of Pokemon cards for Magikarp on the bottom. It talks about how they're always getting swooped up and eaten and how they're really stupid and dumb. And my boy just gets no love. And here's Brian Shea from Game Informer, boycott Game Informer, saying he wants to wow. see a Pidgeotto <laughs> swoop my boy up and take him off to feed its little Pidgeotto eggs, Pidgeot eggs. Bullshit. Anyway, I digress. But I'm with you. And so that actually kind of brings up – that's <laughs> that whole rant but i'm with you i'm with you listen i would i would be very sad but there are so many magikarp in the sea that i wouldn't be mad if i got to see like a pidgeotto like come down and get my boy it would be cool like that's the kind of interaction i want I say, what if they played the lion king's the circle of life as it happened <laughs> oh no oh god it would be so good though wouldn't it it would be amazing as it flies off towards the sunset. It's a circle of life. And you just see Magikarp's like tail flopping feebly as it's whisked off away to the treetops. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, Nintendo, if you need writers, Brian and I are looking to quit our jobs. I mean, I, that's not true. <laughs> Brian does not want to quit his job. But listen, I will write for you. You will have a fucked up Pokemon game. But I'm here. Uh, but there was an interesting point that Nintendo Life brought up. Which was, um, as highlighted by Cerebi.net, excuse me, it looks like players will only be able to add specific pocket monsters to these games via the Pokemon Home app. This suggests, quote, not all Pokemon may be coded into the next Nintendo Switch entries. And Hmm. there's over 900 Pokemon right now. So, like, here's what I was telling Jason about. I was like, listen, like, there are so many Pokemon, and we were just talking about this, Brian. I wouldn't mind if you make it so you can't catch the whole damn Pokedex. Just even give me like a third or a half or a quarter. I don't care. But if they took the time to animate every single Pokemon and like do like kind of those real world interactions, I think that would be so sick. That would yeah, I mean, be. Well, that's been oh. the biggest sticking point in the community, right? Is the national Pokedex. Like that was yeah. Sword and Shield. When I wrote the cover story, like my mentions were just exploding with like, there's no national Pokedex. Like this game is total garbage. And it was just like, but like, what if it isn't like, <laughs> like, I understand the desire to have like, you know, by the time Gen 9 hits, we're probably going to have over a thousand Pokemon. Like we're going to cross that thousand yeah. monster threshold unless this is a like exceedingly small generation of monsters. But like we're in all likelihood going to cross that thousand monster mark when this game comes out. And that's incredible. But like, I would love to see all those game, all those monsters in one. Like we got closer to it with like the two expansions that came to Pokemon Sword and Shield, mm-hmm. with having like the national decks pretty fully represented. But like you know, it took two paid expansions to get there. Right. And now that we have high resolution assets for all of those Pokemon through Sword and Shield, like it would be cool to see them move a lot of them over and like give them new animations, new environmental interactions, new interactions with one another. All that stuff would be incredible. I just think that's a lot of work for a studio that 
is surprisingly small for how much money it brings in and for how many games it churns out on a I mean, at this point, Pokemon is basically an annualized franchise, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think that was one of my biggest gripes. Not to kick a dead horse here. Not to kick a dead ponyta. Hey. Uh, uh, I know. That's that's <laughs> kind of, that's really morbid, actually. I might need to go make another drink after that one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really morbid shit. Um yeah, that that's all my whole thing. And like, I think when ponytas die, do they does their flame continue or do they just like a normal horse at that point? Oh, you know what? Oh god, that's fucked. The reminds me of when Charmander and the Charmanders, when their flame goes out, they die. You yeah, know, like, yeah. So is that the same for Ponyta? I'm assuming. And then it's just a regular naked horse without a mane at that point. See, like, here's the thing, though. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not read the descriptions of Pokemon on Pokemon cards, you got to do it. It's morbid. It's... And the Pokedex. Yeah, uh, did yes. Did I bring yes. this up last time? No, I don't think so. Where I wrote a feature about, like, the 10 most disturbing Pokedex entries. Oh, I'd love to read that. I would love to read I'm gonna that. I'm going to bring some of them up right here. Please I don't know do. if I've done this before. No, please uh, do. Because yeah, it, it gets dark. And you're, you, you're reading them and you're like, yo, like this doesn't seem like the same game freak. But apparently it is. Some I of this feel like I've done this. Maybe it was a different podcast. No, do it. Please on. do it. Let's do it. I love this. Um, I love so let's this. Let's see. We got Gengar, Gyarados, Houndoom, Tyranitar, Carvana, Banette. Is Sandy Gas on there? I feel like he would be a good one. Yep. Okay. Drifloon, <laughs> Frostlass, Girder, Thundarus, Honedge, Gorgeist. Beware, Polisand, Polisand, not, uh, not Sandy yeah, yeah, yeah. and Mimikyu. So we'll start with Mimikyu. Okay. A gust of wind revealed what hides under this Pokemon's rag to a passing trainer who went home and died painfully that very night. <laughs> so that is the entry from Pol- Pokemon Ultra Moon. Um, Polisand, uh, which is the one of the sandcastle-looking Pokemon, uh, this is the Pokemon Moon entry, because they get new entries every single game. Buried beneath the castle are masses of dried up bones from those whose vitality it has drained. <laughs> I do like uh, uh, Frostlass. When it finds humans or Pokemon it dislikes, it freezes them and takes them to its chilly den where they become decorations. <laughs> Here's, here's, here's the real circle of life situation here with Gorbis. Okay. Uh, from Pokemon Ultra Moon. It sucks bodily fluids out of its prey. The leftover meat sinks to the sea floor where it becomes food for other Pokemon. Holy fuck. Okay, that's, I think, the most fucked up one by far. Okay, we'll, we'll end with this one, okay? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. This is Drifloon from Pokemon Sun, and I love, like, the the punctuation of this, this entry. The, the final sentence. Stories go that it grabs the hands of small children and drags them away to the afterlife. It dislikes heavy children. (laughs) (laughs) Who is writing this shit? I feel like there is such a- I wish it was me because I would go even harder. Oh, you would? Because I feel like there's a big disconnect between like- this sunshine and rainbows and butterfreeze image that Pokemon likes to do. And then you have like this morbid fuck, but I, I love it. I love that you wrote that. I'm going to have, is that on Game Informer? It is on GameInformer.com. Um, I'm trying to find a contrasting one. Uh, God, that's so good. Let's see. Here's an entry for Jigglypuff to be a palate cleanser. Okay. Uh, this is from Ash's Pokedex, I believe from the anime. Jigglypuff, a balloon Pokemon. It has large, friendly eyes, and it sings a pleasant song. Oh, see, now that's sweet. That's something more along. Palette cleanser. Yeah, no. From Palette Town. Oh, 
Got it. Mm. Nicely Sorry. done. Nicely. No, I no, had no. to match your your bad joke with that, mine. That's okay. You did a great job at that. Oh, see, like I love that. So that's a game informer. So make sure you go give that a read because I think that stuff is just fucking. Yeah, it is called uh, the scariest and creepiest entries in the Pokedex, and you got I think fifteen or ten or fifteen. I don't know. However many I rattled off. I rattled off all the names. You got to go read the entries though. Brilliant. Absolutely. That's <laughs> such a good article. Oh my god. That's such a good idea. All right. Well, since we're talking about Pokemon, I guess I should ask you. Who is going to be your starter? Are you going with the Grass Cat Pokemon, the Fire Croc Pokemon, or the Duckling Pokemon? So I typically lean towards Fire Pokemon sure, when it sure. comes to starters. Uh, however, I went Rowlet for Legends Arceus as my starter, and I kind of regretted it because once I got into the world, there weren't a whole lot of Fire Pokemon at the beginning. Uh. And so I felt like, I all right, I have a lot of Grass Pokemon, and I already have Rowlet, so like did i mess up and i would rec actually recommend people if like you're introduced like if you're interested in diversity in your pokedex like you want to have like different types represented in your party start with uh, a fire fire type in uh legends arceus i think it's uh cyndaquil who is the fire pokemon mm -hmm. in legends arceus mm -hmm. for this one oh, man i feel like fuacoco is actually my least favorite i've heard that a lot from people i like him like he looked like I i've seen the memes of like he looks like a bubble bobble that's exactly what i was I'm just gonna say yeah and I'm all about that because Bubble Wobble was one of the first games I ever played. Oh. Uh, ever in okay. my life. So I'm kind of, I like that part of him. But like Quaxley looks like super cool. Like he looks like a chill dude I'd like to hang out with. And like Sprigatito, I think, is my, <laughs> my clubhouse leader right now. Where like, I don't know, like I, I like cats. Okay. Grass types are usually not my jam despite my Rowlet uh, love. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, I think... As much like I, I'm always like getting dunked on by Bulbasaur lovers because I think he's the worst of the Gen One starters. As much as, and I don't think there's a bad. Oh my god, the Death Stare threw me off my game here. Uh, I don't think there's a bad option in all of Gen One starters, but I will go Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur as my like my hierarchy. Uh, that's but yeah. however, if you want. To play on easy mode, I guess you could choose Bulbasaur since he wrecks the first two gym leaders before you have like a fully fleshed out party. Maybe that's why I had the easy time because Bulbasaur so yeah, you can, was you can my. You take out Brock and Misty pretty easily with Bulbasaur. Yeah, I like Bulbasaur. And then he grew into a Venusaur and he got way too OP. And I didn't understand how badges worked at the time, Brian, when I was a kid. And so my Venusaur never <laughs> listened to me. So that's my mini like... rant. No, that's a all good that rant. To say, all that to say, Sprigatito is probably my, my starter for, for now. We'll, know... we'll, we may learn more about them as we get closer. And I feel like that's been everyone's main is the cat because he's a really fucking cute little like grass cat, right? He's adorable. He is, and I'm not always aligned with the people like the most popular pick. Like Poplio was my starter uh -oh. uh, for whatever generation that was. Uh -huh. That was a uh, gen. That was uh, that was Sun and Moon, right? I can't remember. Yeah, that, that was shit. Sun and Moon because I'm I'm looking at our cover right now, and Poplio is not in Sword and Shield. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, so I. I, I it's it's hmm. so easy to get confused with the later gens for me for some reason. Like I don't know. When we're younger, I think our memories were better, so all that knowledge just like stuck to us like a sponge, and now we can't. I used to shit. know all the numbers of the Pokemon Gen in Gen One in Holy Gen One. Holy crap! Like that one is, through one fifty one. That is impressive. Not anymore. Now, now I'm 35 and stupid. Yeah, <laughs> amen. That's how it goes. Either that or my hard drive's just full. I think and that's I delete, honestly like what erroneous it is. information. Pretty much, <laughs> I think that's it. So yeah, like I'm looking at, and I think I just want to spite everyone and go with Fuecoco. I think like, mm. oh, I get it. Fuecoco is probably playoff Fuego, fire, 
right? In Spanish, fuego, yeah. fuecoco. Oh, I get it finally. Okay, it all it all just connected. Quaxley, self-explanatory. Everyone's going for the cute cat, but here's here's whatever you know what's gonna happen, Brian. The cat's gonna evolve. It's gonna become bipedal, and everyone's gonna want to bang it. It's gonna turn into like the super muscular like alpha cat, probably with big titties, and everyone's gonna be like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm waiting for that for. And that I I can't I can't be disappointed because we I mean I hope beyond hope that Sprigatito turns out to be an adorable big cat like you know how like Meowth turns into Persian like it's like okay like cool like a, a nicer more mature beautiful version of Meowth but you know what they're gonna do those little cute two front legs are gonna turn into hands it's probably gonna wield a yeah, sword like, it's probably gonna be like far fetched like, I know it's like an evolution yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Something's going to happen, and it's going to turn into some probably weird, ugly, masculine, or super feminine-looking cat, and everyone's going to want to bang it. Quaxley, <laughs> I, I like Quaxley. I think he's super cute. I like his little, like, hat. I think that's really clever. But uh, I, Coco, I feel like I want to root for the underdog. I think I'm going to go, and usually I don't start with fire because I feel like that's what everyone goes for is fire, and I usually want to, like, not go with the norm, but I think he's going to be my boy this time. But I do like that, like... In real life, the fire type would be the most deadly, right? Like, it's true. Yeah, sure. Like, the grass types can, like, whip you with a vine or shoot, like, razor leaves at you. But, like, and, like, yeah, the water type can, like, you know, if you're getting blasted with a fire hose, it's going to hurt. And that's, like, basically what, like, a water type can do. But, like, Fue Coco can literally burn you and your stupid pet alive. It's true. <laughs> like, all right, yeah, go on. Quaxley, I mean, I know they have a type advantage over Fuecoco, but like, yeah, but here, have a tornado of fire coming your way. Good luck, idiot. <laughs> like, in real life, Fuecoco kills all these fools. Isn't that the truth? Everyone's rooting against them. And you know, that's one of the reasons I in Sword and Shield, I wanted to go for Sobble, because I feel like everyone was saying Sobble was a feeble, pathetic-looking Pokemon. And to be fair, Sobble, I went Sobble. involved into Inteleon, and then he freaked me out. Inteleon freaked me out, Brian. I think it's because he grew overly attached to my trainer. He always wanted to be petted. It was weird. Mm. It was like a tall... There was some sort of weird sexual tension, is what you're saying. <laughs> tension? Oh, God. <laughs> no. It was one-sided. It was one-sided lust between my Inteleon and my <laughs> trainer. I wanted none of that. But he always wanted to be petted. He was always thinking about me. And no matter how many times I gave that little fish friend attention, he was never satisfied. And I said, no more, Inteleon. No more. You're going back in the box. So it was a codependent relationship. It was. It was not healthy. So I sent But his, he, his Gigantamax was kind of cool. It he was. He went up like in a sniper tower. It was. I, I used and abused him for that. But other than that, man. <laughs> Whew. Oh, that was, that was a right, good well, little rant. We well, went down a weird path. We did, but it happens. All right. So we actually have some listener questions weird route, here. Sorry. <laughs> you're two for one i got one bad joke and you now have two i gotta i gotta keep up we have a question here from john liang who says is pokemon overdoing it with so many releases in the past couple of years and valerie freeman mm. chimes in and asks will will releasing a new pokemon game this soon hurt nintendo niantic or are we all a bunch of suckers who will buy it regardless what do you think i i think we've hit the annualized like franchise mark right like looking at when like major releases are coming out like because what was it 2018 2019 no 2018 was when let's go pikachu and eevee came out mm. correct it sounds right around that time uh 2019 was when sword and shield came out uh did we get anything in 2020 dlc 
that in 2020? We did get the DLC. Yeah. Uh, 2021, we got uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Mm-hmm. And also Pokemon Unite, mm-hmm. which, you know, wasn't a Game Freak endeavor, but, you know, still a pretty big release in the Pokemon franchise. And then we got Legends Arceus already, and then we're going to get Scarlet and Violet next year. So, yeah, they are really going for it, right? And then we also got, like, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon shortly before that. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots of lots of stuff coming out. I don't think they're overdoing it because there's they're spacing it out. It's not like how we got with Assassin's Creed or how we've been with Call of Duty for so long, where it's like, oh my god, another Pokemon game that I need to play and like experience and whatever. It's like, all right, a Pokemon game came out, and sometimes it's a new game, sometimes it is a like a suite of expansions, sometimes it is a remake of an older game. So it's like, mm. all right, I already played Diamond and Pearl. I don't need to play Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl unless I find time. Or I already played Sword and Shield. I don't need to dive into these expansions. Now I think like they have it figured out where like there's there's a pacing to it. Aside from 2022, where it's just going to be ridiculous, where we have Legends Arceus and Violet and Scarlet. That is a little much, but I think that that's also a symptom of the pandemic pushing a lot of release dates back, you know? Mm, Like, mm -hmm. it's not like... I think that in a not in a world where where the pandemic doesn't exist, I think that uh, Legends Arceus probably comes out in 2021, and maybe Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl comes out earlier that year, and we don't have to worry about having like two major Pokemon releases stacked in 2022. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of studios are starting to figure out like the work remote thing if they haven't already, because um, 2020 like that threw a, a, a huge wrench into everybody's operations like having to transition from being like 100% in the office to 100% out of the office and it's uh it's a thing that now we're we're kind of all adapted to and we're starting to see that where like 2022 is just freaking stacked with all releases from all studios and that's because so much stuff got delayed and now we're kind of all in this groove so yeah I, I long story short no I don't think they're overdoing it but yeah. I get why you would think that. Yeah, and yeah, Valerie. At the end of the day, all just a bunch of suckers. Listen, we're all gonna buy it. Oh, I'm a sucker. Oh, absolutely, I'm a sucker. I will criticize Pokemon Arceus until oh god, the what are the cow Pokemon? The mil, mil tanks. Mil tanks come home. God, thank you, Brian. That was the one <laughs> See, I was good for. We were on the same <laughs> we wavelength were, there. We I knew were. what you were going with that, and uh, I picked up the ball and ran with it. I very much appreciate it. But listen, I'm gonna buy every single mainline game that comes out. It's just gonna happen. I can't help it. I just can't help it. I love that series too much. So yeah, I agree with everything Brian said there. Another question from Elizabeth: Do you think Game Freak will address some of the complaints and concerns people have with Arceus as in the new Scarlet Violet games? Do they even have time to implement changes like that with a release so soon? Brian, what do you think? So a lot of the stuff that I've seen about Legends Arceus are not things that are applicable to mainline Pokemon games. Like, all right, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, dialogue and, like, uh, like explaining, right? There's a lot of, like, exposition. And I don't think we get that with, like, most mainline Pokemon games. Like, there's always a little bit of, like, discussion of, like, world establishing and, like, what's going on in the region. And maybe we'll hint at, like, a big bad at some point in the future. But it's not super dialogue heavy. Um, And then also, like, one of the main complaints is the lack of trainer battles in Legends Arceus, which they're remedying through that Daybreak expansion that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not a problem in the mainline games. Like, you're going to have way too many trainers. Uh, you're going to just be trying to get to the next town, and you're going to have to battle, like, 
27 trainers just to get there. Yeah. You walked in front but, of me. I must fight you. Exactly. Like, oh, I heard that, like, if trainers locked eyes, we have to battle. It's like, <laughs> that's not a law. Like, we can just keep going our separate ways or be friends or whatever. <laughs> the thing that I think that they will have to address are the performance issues. And I don't know if that is going to happen in a big open world game unless we get a Switch Pro, right? Because right. even going back last year and replaying my favorite game of all time, Breath The of Legend Wild. of Zelda Breath of the Wild, there are performance issues in that game. I think we overlooked a lot of them because the game was so amazing. But, like, I would have frame rate drops. I would have, like, stutters. Like, there mm. were a lot of things that, uh, like, oh, this game is running on inferior technology compared to, like, the PlayStation 4s at the time of yeah. the world. And especially now the PlayStation 5s of the world. Like, I just came from playing PS5 to record this podcast. And it's like, wow, like having spent a lot of time playing Switch lately, this is a huge technological leap forward for like the visuals and the performance and everything. And it's like, all right, back to watching Pokemon Violet and Scarlet trailers. And boy, oh boy, is this not as technologically proficient as the oh. PS5 game I was just playing, which we can get into later. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to address the performance issues without having a like a new model of switch to that with, with actual like performance upgrades like the oled model is great right like mm -hmm. everybody loves that screen but it doesn't give you any extra oomph it doesn't make the frame rate smoother it doesn't make the games load faster uh but i think that a switch pro is going to happen in the next two years and that would be awesome for a game such as this and such as breath of the wild sequel if that is coming this year like that would coincide perfectly like imagine if like the launch window lineup for a switch pro is pokemon violet and scarlet oh. and breath of the wild sequel oh. and also xenoblade chronicles 3 oh. like those are three perfect games yes. giant open world games that you can launch a switch pro with right and be like hey look how great and bayonetta 3 with how much stuff goes on in any given scene in that game like that is the perfect lineup this holiday season to launch an upgraded switch model right so I think that would remedy a lot of the problems that people have with Pokemon Legends Arceus. Now, I don't know if we're going to get voice acting in uh, Scarlet and Violet, which is another major complaint. Yeah. That's a complaint I had in my review. But, I mean, it's it's a possibility. I think that's going to be a Gen 10 upgrade, if I'm being honest, or maybe like a, a stopgap between Gen 9 and Gen 10. Like maybe like we get a Pokemon Legends, whatever other Pokemon they want to highlight. Like maybe we get a yeah. new Pokemon Legends game set in like, I don't know, another region, and that's when they start, like, toying around with the concept of voice acting. And I I'm hope talking so. way too much. No, you're not. No, like, <laughs> I, I love – because, God, I you're just like – it's like you're in my brain, man, and you're speaking all the things I want to hear. Can you imagine a Gen 10 where there's no voice acting? Like, I mean, yes, because it's Nintendo. But, no, like, Elizabeth, to your point, yeah, I think what Brian says is spot on. And I think a lot of the things that people are looking for is just, you know, like, modern – conveniences like some voice acting would be nice like I, I feel like it's just wild that anyway i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna kick that dead pony it's very dead it doesn't need to be beaten anymore all right i'll kick it then why do we have voice acting in final fantasy 10 on playstation 2 but not in a pokemon game that came I out in 2020 no brian this is why i get so annoyed <laughs> i don't understand it and i think when you were on last time you really shed some light and you're like you know you've talked to them but they say they prefer their team to be smaller bullshit not that nothing what you said is bullshit that's a bullshit excuse <laughs> you have so much money the pokemon company has so much money you can make a 
bigger game. I don't even care if the frames drop from time to time, but my God, come on. Like, let's get some people on the animation team. Let's get some voice actors in there. Let's just kind of like modernize it. It's okay. We finally got voice acting in Zelda. Yeah. Even if it was only in select scenes. It but doesn't like, matter. Still, like, it it come happened. On. <laughs> come on. Let's do it. Anyway. Yes. I don't think that's coming. I feel like if it was coming in this Scarlet and Violet shebang, you would have gotten like some fucking like, oh my god, it zoomed in on the main character or zoomed on on someone and they started talking. The whole world would fucking explode because we would lose. Maybe in the next look we'll get it. But yeah, I'm with Brian. I think Gen 10 is hopefully where we get that. But if it doesn't happen, don't be surprised. What's the first word the trainer says if they zoom in on him and like... Oh... Oh my god. No, here's the thing. Does the trainer speak? Or is it only No, it's gonna be one of the silent protagonists like Link. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Link, I agree. They always said like, oh, that's meant to be like you the the avatar for the player, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trainer is even more so that. Like at least there's a story behind Link, right? Like he's the hero of legend or the hero of time or whatever. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the trainer is literally supposed to be you in the game, right? That's why you can customize the way they look. That's why like it's supposed to be like your journey through the Pokemon universe. So I don't think they ever give the trainer a voice. I, I'm with you. I don't think the trainer will ever get a voice, but I hope like those main, you know, like NPCs will get a voice. Like the main partners in the game like the gym leaders yeah like like the the, the rivals yeah the rivals are the people that help you along your journey like come on professor yeah professor for fuck's sake come on the pokedex hold up i don't care give it a voice also here's here's the question would you rather the pokemon make their little like sounds or would you rather have them (laughs) say their name That was that Voltorb you did? That was my impression of like a GBA or Game Boy, excuse me, rather like Pokemon. Like they're like. Argh. I'm gonna look up what Voltorb sounds like. I think that was pretty close to Voltorb. Okay, listen, <laughs> I'll do the voice acting in Nintendo. You can hire me. Uh, so yeah, but you know something interesting is what I've learned with Arceus is that I so miss, so miss the traditional formula of Pokemon. And oh, it's an ad. Oh, boo! <laughs> ads. I tried to play it, but. Sorry. Anyway. What do you miss? I miss just like the traditional formula. I miss the the gym leaders. I miss the fucking like, oh my God, we made eye contact. We have to fight now. I just miss the cities and the towns. I I really, I really do miss that. I think there are some improvements with Arceus that they're going to learn from and implement into their open world. Like some of it will probably be great. As someone who's only played though four hours of that game, I can't speak too much about it. But like, I'm sure there are some lessons learned because that game is obviously done with development and they still have many more moons to work on Scarlet and Violet. So I'm sure like lessons learned will be implemented. But anyway, we... here's the Voltorb crowd. Okay, by here the we way. go. That sounded like static. It basically is. Yeah. Okay. That... Sorry, I just need to compare to your your Pokemon crowd. But yes, to answer I think your mine was question. Better. To answer your question, I would much rather them have like modern sounding things like it, yeah. it like that, like the the lack of voice acting. I pointed this out in my review of Legends Arceus, the lack of voice acting and the digitized cries that they do from like the Game Boy era sound like they feel like so antiquated in like the modern gaming landscape, especially the older versions, because they are digitized, right? Like. They're not like the the modern sounds that they put out for like the Gen 7s and Gen 8s where they had the technology to make them sound a little bit more like growls or roars from like wild animals. Like go listen to like Pikachu's sound and like it's 
it it sounds like oh this is a sound from a Game Boy game. Yeah, yeah. But one of these days, Elizabeth, we'll get our our modern Pokemon game. But who could say? Yeah. Anyway. That's probably enough about Pokemon for now. Let's be real though, Brian and I could keep Never. going. But I know, right? We could we could really keep going. But we're gonna we're gonna wrangle it in. I don't think there's a real Pokemon. Like an escape grab your escape rope and wrangle it in. No, that was really bad. That was just really bad. That we're gonna bad. recall the oh, okay. Pokemon topic and move on to the next route. We are. But first, I wanna let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Me Undies. So imagine this. You're shopping and nothing fits right. Listen, we've all been there. And finding your perfect size can be annoying. Things either fit like a glove or you're straight up not having a good time. That's why MeUndies has the softest undies, bralettes, loungewear, and more that are made to fit just right. Now, I've talked about my love for MeUndies for quite some time now. But if you're new here, let me just tell you, there's literally nothing softer. There's literally nothing more I'd rather have touching my my nether regions than me undies. They are really that soft and I've got my husband addicted to them. I've gotten my other family members addicted to them. You just got to try it. Just trust me on this. Your booty will thank you because me undies believes that comfort is about more than what's touching your skin. It's about feeling comfortable in your skin and comfort starts with finding the perfect fit and size for you, which is why me undies wear tests on all sizes, extra small to 4XL for everything they make. They also offer different cuts for different butts in bold colors to fun and adventurous prints. MeUndies wants you to find comfort in your size so the world can be a happier and comfier place for every booty. Now, MeUndies promises if you're not comfortable with any product for any reason, you can return your offer, sorry, return your order for a full refund within 45 days. MeUndies has a great offer for our What's Good listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. To get 15% off of your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash WGG. That's MeUndies.com slash WGG. Treat your booty right. A story near and dear to my heart, Brian. Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 are getting Xbox Series X and PS5 launches. Not that I have time to play any of them again. So this comes from Polygon. So ray tracing, advanced frame rate support, 4K resolution, and other cutting-edge visuals are coming to Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and Resident Evil 7, and versions for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. The games will launch later in 2022. Players who have already bought any of the three on PS4 and Xbox One will get an upgrade within the same console family for free, Capcom said. The PS5 versions will make use of the DualSense controller's advanced haptic feedback. Furthermore, a patch bringing the same upgrades to PC will also be available free to owners of the game. Yay! This is Yay. really cool. I'm a big fan of like these free upgrades. Like, yes. I don't even mind if I have to pay $10 to upgrade it. Like... I had Death Stranding on PS4, and it's like I never played it. So I, I was happy that like the director's cut came out and I could pay $10 and then have the PS5 version sit on my PS5 and never play it. So this is a great, <laughs> this is a great, uh, a great initiative, I think. Like, I'm glad that like these are free. Like, I would hate to, and, like, I just said, like, I'm fine with like paying $10, but like, it would kind of suck to pay like $30 to get all these. Like, yeah, I don't know, like. It no. is. I'm. I'm glad that they're they're making these available rather than just like re-releasing them as like, 
oh, this is like Resident Evil 3 HD, like they used to do. Like, you know, like when yeah. they would just be like, this game came out on Xbox 360, and now you can buy it on Xbox One for $50. It's like, no, that sucks. Yeah, I'm not um, right I'm, there I, with you. I think I traced this back to Xbox's initiative. Like, I, when was it? It was like 2017, I think, when they, annou they announced that they were bringing the Universal Windows platform to xbox and basically I, I had a conversation with phil spencer about that and he was talking about how i i asked him like straight up like all right is backwards compatibility like one of the main reasons you want to do that and he's like it's one of the reasons but like forward compatibility is a big thing for us where we want to make sure that games that you buy today just like if you buy them on pc if you buy a pc game today you can be sure that 10 years down the road unless there's some huge change in like the way we make our operating system mm -hmm. you know that a game you buy today is going to be compatible on your windows pc like years down the road you don't have that same reassurance today like if you if you buy an xbox 360 this is me putting words in his mouth at this point but if you buy an xbox 360 game you don't know if a, an x if it's going to work on your xbox one until they introduce backwards compatibility right, right but even right. then like it was only a select stable of games he wanted to make sure this is what he was telling me like back in 2017 that by having the universal windows platform come to xbox it's going to make it so that when you buy a new console all those games from your last console will still work and we saw that promise kind of delivered with the xbox series x right where like all of my xbox one games and games that worked on xbox one, so original xbox games and xbox 360 games that worked on xbox one automatically worked on xbox series x and that was great like that yeah. was an amazing thing to like fire that up and immediately have like 600 games that i could instantly play on my new console as opposed to like having to worry about like oh well, will, will this game be backwards compatible it's like no they're all backwards compatible and that is amazing and i think that it's amazing that that also uh was smart delivery i think that that made it so that like if you remember smart delivery was like a big buzzword for xbox coming into this generation mm -hmm. and that basically meant that like all right well if i buy for example cyberpunk 2077 on xbox one and then at any point in the future i upgrade to an xbox series x i automatically get the best version of that game depending on what piece of hardware i'm using and i think that put the pressure on playstation to do the same right like we've had yeah. some some games for playstation early on in its life cycle in the ps5 that Confusing you had to buy like, as collector's edition. fuck <laughs> Confusing. Yeah, so you had to buy like the collector's edition or like the $70 edition or whatever in order to get like the next yep. gen version for free. And I think that Xbox putting kind of like tightening the screws on that that policy made it so that PlayStation and third party companies couldn't really get away with that. So like big ups to Xbox for establishing that as like a precedent and then kind of making it so other companies want to follow suit or else face the wrath of the community. Yeah. And also shout out to Phil Spencer. He won the Lifetime Achievement Award at DICE. He did. Say, what a stand-up guy, that Phil Spencer. What a good guy. We um, got a question about this, actually, from Stephen Dark regarding Resident Evil. And Stephen Dark wants to know, Resident Evils are getting upgrades. This is very strange. They are very new games and seems counterproductive for the team when they could be working on new material. Thoughts? So, like, I think about this, <clears throat> and I think about all the stuff Resident Evil has in the pipeline. They have Reverse. They have the Resident Evil 4 remake, which is just, like, 100% coming. They have the Resident Evil 3 Revelations rumored game that I also believe is coming. And then they have the Resident Evil Netflix 
series, which we know is is coming for sure with Wesker. And we also know they have multiple studios. And yes. so, right. And so I think it makes sense to keep this momentum going with Resident Evil. I feel like ever since Resident Evil 7, they've just been fucking crushing it. Granted, like Resident Evil 3 remake had like, it, it wasn't ideal, but it didn't harm them in any major way. Absolutely not. Yeah, it wasn't the revelation, no, no pun intended. It wasn't the revelation that 2 was. Exactly. Right, the, the 2 remake. Like, that was incredible. Resident Evil 3 was just like, oh, this is good. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't the Resident Evil 2 remake, right? And I think that's... Resident Evil 2 remake was so fantastic that it was... Those were hard foot, hard footsteps to follow. Is that the saying? Hard it, act it to follow. Hard act to follow. Hard act to follow. That's it. And uh, it just... Hard mill tank to follow. Oh, a hard cow to follow. A hard... Okay, I could go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, and so we know they have multiple... So to me, like, this makes sense because I'm like, keep that momentum going. Keep people interested in Resident Evil. A lot of folks maybe haven't played the remake or they haven't played Nemesis. And now maybe they have their shiny new console. And they're like, oh, this could be a good time to hop in. And Resident Evil 7 is still such a great game i just played that last year actually before resident evil village came out fantastic really really good so i highly recommend if you haven't played any of these you 100 percent should i would love to go back and replay them but you know time is just just a thing that we don't have a lot of so yay resident and evil i think that like yeah as you <laughs> pointed out they have multiple studios so this is almost certainly a different team than whatever team is working on either resident evil 4 remake if that is coming which I, i'm almost certain it is going to oh yeah or uh resident evil 9 or whatever whatever the main like core team is working on this is probably a side team that is working on these upgrades right yeah. because it's not like they're, they're not creating content they're not setting a creative vision for anything they are Literally just making it work better on newer technology. That's it, yeah. And I mean, I don't even think I mentioned in there the Village DLC. So we know they have their Division 1, which is the primary. They have the M2 Studio, which the rumors are that they were working on Resident Evil 4 Remake. They kind of got pulled off of that. So who knows what they're working on now. Anyway, all rumors and speculation at this point. But yeah, there's just a lot of Resident Evil happening, Steven. So don't worry about it. We're gonna get Capcom's lots of a it. big company. Oh yeah, they're they're not hurting. They're, they're, they're Even if it wasn't like a Resident Evil team, like they have so many teams. Like they have a they have a Monster Hunter team. They have whatever. Like they could just pull people and be like, hey, make these games only like make them work better on new new consoles. <laughs> and they'd be like, yes, sir, and they would do it. So and who knows? Maybe they're even outsourcing it, like we've gotten with other companies, That's where it's true. like we're we're gonna contract like Iron Galaxy or something. Who knows? Yeah. That could be. Either way, yeah, play these games. If you haven't, friends, you'd make me yes. very happy. All right, moving on to a Nintendo story, because, of course, if Brian's on, we got to talk about Nintendo. Nintendo <laughs> Apologies. No, it's a good thing. Nintendo Switch Online missions and rewards have been added. This comes from Nintendo Life. So Nintendo has added missions and rewards to its Nintendo Switch Online subscription service. These elements can be accessed by navigating the NSO icon on your Switch home screen, then selecting the Missions and Rewards section. And here you'll find a list of available missions, which are related to, as Nintendo puts it, things you're probably already doing with your Nintendo Switch Online membership. For example, this month it's Play NES Software. Play software that has that supports online play. Use Save Data Cloud, etc. So stuff you're already doing, you'll get points for it. And this is what you get for taking place in these missions. You get platinum points. These can be redeemed for items in the My Nintendo Store as usual, like digital wallpapers and physical items, but also, quote, new member-exclusive icon elements you can collect and put together to create a new user icon. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> icon elements are frames, characters, and background elements that you can use to customize your user icon on your Switch console. That's like your avatar. 
Once you've got enough plat platinum points saved, simply select the icon element you want and purchase it. Note that in order to change your reward icon elements, you will need to be in the NSO online app. Okay, well, Brian, what do you think about this? I think it's fine, right? Yeah, like it's, it's, it's stuff you're already doing, like yeah. whatever. Like, and if, if like say it says like, oh yeah, fire up Super Mario Brothers in your NES catalog. It's like, okay, I can do that. It takes five seconds and then you get like, platinum points which can be used for those icon things or yeah. it could be used for other rewards like i just I, I have my 2022 nintendo calendar right here that i got with platinum points all right uh what is today that is it's march right yeah we're in march, march 2nd is the day we are recording oh, we the go. show. oh it's it's that crime guy is that tom nook it's that crime guy <laughs> <laughs> the one that takes all your money him. the crime guy the crime raccoon <gasps> crime raccoon oh, yes uh but yeah so uh and speaking of the crime raccoon here's a sealed amiibo card of the crime raccoon oh wow um just happened to be mixed in with there by accident so uh yeah i think those are they're fine they're right fine. i'm like yeah. why not get rewarded for stuff i was already gonna do i don't know i don't care sure <laughs> and know. like i i like when like it was always fun whenever they added like uh like new icon elements like when animal crossing came out they added a bunch to like fool around with and like I think when they add the SNES catalog to the Nintendo Switch Online service, they added a bunch. Like, so I used to have like Link from Breath of the Wild as my icon. I switched it over to Mario from Super Mario World. It's like Amazing. I don't know. It's a fun little thing to experiment with for like what your profile has on display. It's yeah. like a cool little like display of your personality and your favorite games. I agree. I think it's you know this doesn't cost anyone anything. It's just a fun little thing you get. It's just something that Nintendo's Nintendo's gonna Nintendo, and this is a very Nintendo thing for them to do. Again, they do cartwheels in their own universe, and I I respect them for that. So cool. There you go. There Why it is. Not? Why not? That's just it. Why not? Bring some joy and cheer into this world. And we have one in case you missed it. Ghostwire Tokyo gets a free visual novel prequel. So this is called Ghostwire Tokyo Prelude. It's been released on PS4, PS5, and it's a visual novel prequel that focuses on one of the game's main characters, KK, six months before the events of the main game. And I think this is really cool. It's free, so, like, you can go in and enjoy it, especially if you're excited for Ghostwire Tokyo like I am. KK is the guy that invades the main character, Akito's head. And just from the preview event that I got to see, and I think this may have been all disclosed during the um, – trailer that just came out not that long ago so don't worry nothing secret here but you know he has a very interesting backstory and because you are hearing a lot of story from his perspective I think it would be really interesting to kind of like go through this and see like who is KK like what has he been through who are these friends that he mentions and talks about and why is he suddenly in your head who could say so anywho if you're interested in the story make sure you go check it out because I'm going to if I can find the time I mean, that game looks amazing, oh, so right? I'm excited for it. Oh, me too. So excited. So excited. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this beefy news section. Thank you, Pokemon, and thank you, Brian. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. See you soon. Welcome back to the episode two of the What's Good Games podcast. Am I rolling with this? I guess I am. All right. You thought episode two? Did I say episode two? I meant to say I segment two. two. Ah, I shit. thought you said episode, but maybe I misheard. <clears throat> In you, case you I did. Like your talking voice. In case I did. Welcome to segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. Here's where we talk about what we've been playing and any preview events we've been to. 
But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is also brought to you by Fixture Gaming. Is Pokemon Legends consuming every waking moment of your life? Catch all of those pocket monsters with ease with the perfect Nintendo Switch accessory, the Fixture S1. Fixture S1 was created by gamers for gamers who love the Nintendo Switch and Pro Controller, but want to be able to play on the go. This original patented design connects the Nintendo Switch to the Pro Controller for comfortable, precise, portable play, offering a great alternative to those Joy-Cons. Fixture S1's patented two-axis design provides stability and balance in any playing position for optimal comfort and gaming performance. Snap your Pro Controller into Fixture S1 for handheld play or use it as a stand in tabletop mode. In either mode, you can charge the Switch and Pro Controller at the same time, and Fixture S1's thoughtful design routes power cords out the back so they never interfere with play. To learn more, head to FixtureGaming.com where you can get $5 off of your purchase with code WGG at checkout. Or visit Fixture Gaming's Amazon page by clicking our link in the show notes. That's FixtureGaming.com, and you can use code WGG, which will get you $5 off of your purchase. Or you can use our link in the show notes to visit Fixture Gaming on Amazon. This episode of What's Good Games is also brought to you by Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons. So Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons is the third expansion for the award-winning and critically acclaimed MMORPG Guild Wars 2, and is the culmination of the Elder Dragon Saga. Explore the beautiful Canthan continent, travel and fish with your friends in your own personal skiff, unlock nine new elite specializations, pilot the Sea Turtle Combat Mount, and more. So here are some of the new features that are coming to this expansion, which are new elite specializations, Siege Turtle Combat Mount, JTEC Mastery Line, new maps, fishing and skiffs, guild halls, and more. Now here's the thing about Guild Wars 2. Over 16 million people play it. I am one of those people. I've played a ton of Guild Wars back in my day. I haven't talked about it on the show, but I love Guild Wars 2 so much that, well, actually, when Christine Steimer introduced Jason and I to Guild Wars 2, and we had so much fun with it that one time when we were traveling, we were we were driving somewhere not too far away, but it was more of like a staycation. Anyway, we both brought like 32-inch TVs with us so we could prop them up in the hotel room, connect our laptops to the TV, and order room service, and we just played Guild Wars 2 all night. Like That is one of my fondest memories of one of our early dating days, is just holding up in a hotel room, ordering room service, and playing Guild Wars 2. Like, you really can't beat it. Anyway, now that I really want to get back into this, um, the expansion came out February 28th, 2022. And if you want to learn more, and that was just like, what, last week? Anywho, if you want to learn more, you can go to twitter.com slash guildwars2. Of course, you can just go to guildwars2.com. You can check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash guildwars2. Follow them on Instagram at guildwars2. They're pretty much everywhere. So go check it out, friends. That is Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons. Go to bit.ly slash rt underscore wgg to get Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-T underscore W-G-G to get Guild Wars 2 End of Dragons. You have been playing Dying Light 2, and I am <clears throat> dying to hear your thoughts on it. Because this is a game that I was incredibly excited for, but it just it just, it just just didn't do it for me. You know what I mean? Oh, no. So I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Um, the- so the way I've described it to some people as like why they should try it is it almost gives me Fallout vibes. Like fall like Fallout 3 was the game that got me into reviewing games, right? Okay. Like 
that was the game that I played, and I was like, I love this game so much, I want to write a review. And it was just for fun. It was just on, like, a forum that I was running at the time. And I remember message boards? Uh, oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I wrote a, a review of that, and I was like, oh, I really like that. I should do another one. So I did that, and I did. I kept going and going and going. So, like, Fallout has a very special place in my heart. And this has a lot of, like, what a modern Fallout game should feel like, mm. but also throw in parkour and zombies. So I and- loved the first Dying Light. Like, I played a shit ton of it. And I think the issue I've had with Dying Light 2 so far is honestly, I think it was just the bugs. So I had obviously a pre-release copy for review. Mm -hmm. And then I tried to like dabble back into it shortly after release, but there was just too many co-op bugs that like wouldn't let me Uh. open dressers or I couldn't turn in quests or something. So I haven't gone back to it, but it's kind of like Arceus, take a shot. Where I want to go back to it, I think the time just wasn't right for it because the first Dying Light is one of my favorite co-op games of all time. Uh, yeah, so, so I have not played co-op on okay. it yet. Um, so I haven't experienced any of those bugs you're mentioning in particular. Like there's mm-hmm. some bugs in the open world as any open oh, world yeah. game has. Oh, but yeah. yeah, like it does seem like there are some problems with the co-op that I've heard from more people than just you. And... You know, I'm having a really great time with it as a single player, right? Like, I'm going through. I I love the way you flow through the environment. Like, the parkour feels great. I think it's the best feeling, like, parkour since Mirror's Edge, the first one. Mm, That's fair. Yeah, Um, it is really fun. And, like, first-person platforming is tough to pull off. Like, that was the worst part of Portal, which is one of – the Portal games are one of my favorite – like, those are two of my favorite games of all time, right? Like – Portal 2 in particular. Like, I adore Portal 2. I have a giant poster. Uh, I don't think you can see it. But I can't see any of your right cool around, stuff. In your, it's I, right around that corner. Okay. Should I just go get the poster? Yeah, please do. Go for it. Right. Ladies and gentlemen. You, I saw you All recently right. had posted a photo of your setup. And it's badass. All the stuff you have on your wall is great. But then can't see it. You just can't see it in this angle. Wow, that is a very large poster. That is impressive. So if you look closely, it's signed it, by the entire dev team. I can see that. That's awesome. Holy shit. Wow. So, yeah. YouTube.com oh, slash what's good right games. Yeah, there you go. Now you have some background zhuzh, if you will. Some background spice. Go. So Portal is obviously very near and dear to my heart, but that demonstrated to me, that was one of the first games that really demonstrated to me that first-person platforming is very difficult to, to get down, right? The mm. first Portal was the one that demonstrated that to me because, like, there were puzzles where you had to, like, jump across platforms or, like, shoot portals and land on a particular platform. And I was like, it's really hard to, like, be off. aware of your surroundings in a first-person 3D game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was a, that, that, that makes a game like Mirror's Edge, the first one especially, because that was the good one, or either Dying Light game, like, it makes them that much more impressive because it feels good to platform through these games in first-person view. Uh, I think the parkour is phenomenal in Dying Light 1, and it's even better in Dying Light 2. Yeah, you know, I think I I agree with that. I do love the parkour, obviously, in both Dying Light games, but in Dying Light 2, it was really great, especially when you really get into a groove and you're just going from rooftop to rooftop or you're hanging off of like a window edge and then you're hopping onto the roof and you're running or you're dropping. And there's just so much exploration in that game. And I think, yeah, for me, what really just hindered it was just some of the the bugs that were kind of game breaky at the time. But I know that Techland's been really good at updating with patches. So I probably just need to hop back in. So far, I'm having a blast with it. I'm maybe 15 hours in at this point, maybe a little bit less. 
um, having a really great time. Uh, here the story kind of falls apart later on, which, you know, might be indicative of the fact that they lost their entire, like, lead writing team halfway through development. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That, you know, that's a good point, because I think, obviously, Dying Light 2 went through some sort of development hell. Will we ever get the yes. full story? Who can say? But there were such grand ambitions for that game, and unfortunately, some of it did fall through. But I think what was hard for me is I always was I was expecting you know choice and consequence so much in this game, and I know there is a lot of that. I'm not trying to say that that's not there, but I think a lot of the writing, like you said, did fall short, and some of your consequences don't feel as harsh as maybe they should be. And I think when I go back to the first sign, like what did I love about it? Well, I love the combat. I loved. I know the word visceral is overused in this industry, but like the visceral combat, I love the crafting. I love the the wild weapons that you could craft, the parkour, the fact that it was co-op and you had this huge open world to explore with, you know, like little story beats here and there and little pieces of like paper you could pick up and read. Like, I love that. And I think I have to take those expectations going into this game and kind of write off the story as harsh as that sounds, because I think where Dying Light shines is all yeah. those things I just mentioned. Yeah, the combat is great. The exploration, especially like the dark zones where oh. like you have to go into like the kind of areas that are like super infested mm -hmm. with like zombies. And like, of course, the parkour is amazing. And like, speak, like you were talking about the first Dying Light. I had a great conversation uh, with one of the, I don't know if, who, I, I wish I could remember who it was that I talked to. This was in at PlayStation Experience 2015. Oh. Uh, do you remember the final sequence of Dying Light 1? Yes. Where you had to, like, run through, like, a dark area and, like, all the zombies were chasing you and, like, it was, like, extremely difficult, like, platforming in first person. Yeah, I was thinking about and, the like, DLC the, or the the ending, but, yeah, I going back to the, yes, I fuck with No, I'm now. thinking of, like, the base game. Yeah, I, That was you. my second review ever at Game Informer, really? right? And okay. I remember playing that and just getting so freaking frustrated with that sequence and i brought that up to one whoever the developer was at playstation experience 2015 so like okay let's chat about like the future of dying light and like we were talking and i brought that up to him and he was like i told him people weren't gonna like this I'm like, <laughs> apparently there were some people in Techland that were like this ending sequence it's, it's challenging which you know good ending sequences should be challenging but it's different from the rest of the game that that's a, a pet peeve of mine is when Me there's too. a challenging thing that is a different mechanic than the rest of the game or a different like pacing from the rest of the game like think of like gears of war when you're shooting that weird cannon at the krill mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like you're on the back of the tank it's like and they they just wreck you especially on yes. harder difficulties it's like it's such a different mechanic from what the rest of the game is where it's like a cover-based shooter that was what that felt like for me to maybe a lesser extent because you were still like utilizing like your parkour skills and everything. But like, no, I feel you. It it's was not the way that they had it set up for the rest of the game. Yeah. And there, there should be a flow, right? Especially when you're near the end of a game where I feel like the story is just climaxing and you're just getting to that. You want to just see what happens. It shouldn't be so difficult in such a new mechanic that you fail over and over again because it kind of breaks that immersion. And now instead it was of, so hard. yeah. And now instead of being so excited about like, finding out what happens in the end you're just frustrated because you can't get past the stupid like end game bullshit you're like what the fuck is this shit no i feel you i feel you yeah so dying light 2 having a really great time with it Good. i think the combat super fun um the world is great and like i'm really enjoying kind of like i don't know i'm, I'm a sucker for like the checklist nature of open world games where it's like you just collect 75 side quests and it's like all right i can just go through these one by one and check them off a list and like i mean that's why i love assassin's creed odyssey so much that's why 
like I, I love giant open world games like Far Cry. They they give you like here's all these missions you can complete and you can see which ones are nearby and mm-hmm. you can just go do them. And like that's, that's that's super appealing to me. That's me and, and Horizon that's also right now. Something <laughs> that uh, <laughs> yeah, oh my god. So Horizon Horizon and Elden Ring. So the the reason I haven't played either of those games yet is I started Dying Light 2. I actually had Horizon before it came out, and Horizon Zero Dawn was one of my favorite games of last generation. Okay. I adored Horizon Zero Dawn. I wanted to replay it before Forbidden West came out, but (laughs) finite amount of time. And I was so excited that, like, oh, I I, I got a copy of Horizon Forbidden West before it came out. Mm -hmm. I started it up, and then I immediately said, no, Brian, you're making the same mistake you've made for years and years and years where you start, like, six games at the same time and you don't finish any of them so i made myself go back to dying light 2 i mean i'm having a blast with dying light 2 but i really want to play horizon forbidden west and but i'm like no you have to finish dying light 2 before you move on to horizon forbidden west and now i'm even further behind because i also have so i have horizon forbidden west i had sifu i (laughs) I have elden ring and now I'm playing the other game that I'm playing for work currently, which uh, we can get into if you were ready to move on from Dying Light 2. Oh, you're, you're just fucked, though. Like, that's it. That's the problem. And that's something I also am trying so hard to get better at is, like, there's all these games I really want to play because I haven't had the time to do it. And I'm thinking about, I'm like, no, hyper-focus on one. And right now that game is Horizon. I'm 40 hours in. I probably have another 45 to go. And I know that. But what do you do? I can't. I can't stop playing it. So I. But I can't pick up anything else. It's just, you know. It's... I want to play it so bad, and it's making me like it's it's making me mad that I can't play it right now, because <laughs> I really want to. But like I have other stuff that I need to do, uh, and, and like I, I want to get through Dying Light too because I am enjoying it so right. much. And I'm a, like I did this with Witcher Three, where Witcher Three, one of the greatest games of all time. Mm, okay. I was playing it, and I I think maybe it was Shadow of the Tomb Raider that came out. And I love the old, like the the newer Tomb Raider games a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I love Tomb Raider. I love Rise of Tomb Raider. And then Shadow of the Tomb Raider wasn't as good, but I was excited for it, right? Sure. And so I stopped playing The Witcher Three to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider. You never went back. To and that. I was like 35 hours into The Witcher Three, and then eventually I went back to The Witcher Three, and I didn't remember anything. See, oh, so that's the worst. I had to start over. Ah, I feel I'm you. To take my lessons learned. And yeah. the same thing. Oh my God, don't even get me started on early 2017 so we had horizon zero dawn which i was lucky because i got that early because that only came out a few days before breath of the wild right yep so horizon zero dawn i was lucky enough to be able to beat before i got to breath of the wild wow breath of the wild comes out and i'm playing it i put in a good 65 hours my first playthrough and then (laughs) it's funny in hindsight but at the time people were really hyped for mass effect andromeda Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that 2017? And so 2017 is ridiculous. If you look at the, the first half of 2017, in a matter of months, we got Yakuza 0, we got Horizon Zero Dawn, we got Breath of the Wild, we got Near Automata, and we got Persona 5. And Resident Evil 7 was in there, too, at And some Resident point. Evil 7. Wow. Yeah, so, and then also Mass Effect Andromeda, which, you know, it turned out to not be an amazing game, but it was a super hype game like people were excited about that like if you look back at last generation like i mean not last generation two generations ago xbox 360 the mass effect trilogy was my favorite 
like new franchise, right? Mm. Like I loved the Mass Effect trilogy. So like Mass Effect Andromeda, I was like all in on and I was like, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait to have like a new story in this universe. And like, it's like subtle references to the Shepard trilogy, but mostly this is like an all new standalone adventure in this universe with all these like alien species that we've come to know and be familiar with. And then I played it after being like, all right, I need to wrap up Breath of the Wild because Mass Effect Andromeda is coming out. And then it's like, wow. It's like the Will Arnett gif of I've made a terror or made a horrible mistake or a terrible mistake, whatever they've done. God, I can't believe that. I mean, 2017 just seems like forever ago because it was. That was the year we launched What's Good Games. And I'm trying to remember back on our Game of the Year conversations. And mine definitely was Resident Evil 7 and everyone else's was Horizon. So, yeah. And then Breath of the Wild was in it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a, a, like an incredible year. Yeah, like, and then Mario yeah. Odyssey was that year. Oh my god, amazing, absolutely amazing. Like so- look at look at Nintendo's 2017 alone. You also had Arms, you had Splatoon 2, you had Mario Odyssey, you had Breath of the Wild. Like so, you you had a standalone. The Switch or, release a, a, that a, year. A, yeah, you had mainline uh, mainline Zelda and Mario games released in the same year, which is incredible. God, what a time to be alive, 2017. You know what I mean? Simpler times. I, miss it. <laughs> I know. I miss it too. Pokemon Go. Although, too. Oh man. 2022 is shaping up to be incredible, like we talked about before, where right. it's like, especially for Nintendo, but like, then look at like Sony. We have the potential for getting a God of War sequel as well, oh. in addition to a Horizon sequel. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's never been a better time. Wait, I fucked it up. <clears throat> There's never been a better time to be. I was going to say, it's never been a better time to make it. It's that, this is why I'm not Phil Spencer. This is why I'm not it's on okay. stage. It's okay, I'm going to take a drink Go ahead. This is why I'm not Phil Spencer, why I'm not on stage accepting Lifetime Achievement reward, Awards. See, I just fucked it up, too. Maybe it's a scotch. No, it's okay. In, in, in 15 years, you'll be receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award. Don't worry. Thank you. And I'll be like, see that, Phil Spencer? Sit your ass down. Yeah, in your face, Spencer. In your face. Now, Phil Spencer, lovely human. Um, okay, well, you've also... Always had good interactions with him. I, he's such a nice guy. He's a great guy. Oh, great guy. Uh, you've been playing Gran Turismo 7, which, for those of you who don't know, racing games, I'm really good at Super NES Mario Kart. Like, that's my jam right there. Original Mario Kart. I will... me on Nintendo Switch Online, Britt. Let's go. I was going to say I will kick anyone's ass at Mario Kart, but that is my only claim to fame. I played a lot of Forza. Uh, I ran into more trees than I stayed on the road, but that's okay. I had a fantastic you, time. So did you like Forza Horizon 5? I loved it. I had a really oh, – It was my game of the year last year, yes. which I never thought would happen. I, I never thought that. a racing game would be my game of the year. And that's it. Like, I don't do racing. Like, I just don't. To me, it's not that exciting. But what I love what Forza did with the whole open world making – it was one of the best open world games. It was gorgeous. It was so fun to play with others. I had yes. so much fun. And now I did get a code for Gran Turismo 7, so thank you, Sony. But I haven't played it yet because I know this one's more based in reality. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know shit about racing games, really. So I thought you say you don't know shit about reality. <laughs> I mean, that, I, I wish. I'd love to go back to an alternate reality right now, man. Take me back to 2017. Like, let's go. Yeah, um, let's go back. How's GT7? I am still relatively early. I am you know, still going through a lot of like the early stuff at this point, but I am having a really good time with it. I am more in line with you in terms of like, I prefer like kind of like the less simulation based stuff, Mm -hmm. like Forza Horizon 5, my favorite racing game of all time. I would, I mean, maybe one of the Mario Kart games beats it out, but like that, I feel like those are completely different beasts at this point. That's like an entire kart racing and like 
automobile racing are different genres True. almost at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I would say that, like, Gran Turismo 7, you're on closed tracks. You're not exploring a giant open world like you are in Forza Horizon 5. And you're not, like, throwing yourself off ramps or anything like that to see how far you can you can go. But, like, for what it is, like, it is incredible. And, like, it's it's the meticulous details in the environments and to the cars. Like, the visuals are astoundingly beautiful. And I, I, I can't wrap my head around, like, how great this game looks. Like, mm. car games are always, like, visual showcases for consoles. But, like, even in, like, a world where, like, a Forza Horizon 5 exists or, like, a Grid Legends exists where it's, like, these are really great-looking games, like, featuring, like, cars that have, like, super reflective surfaces mm -hmm. and, like, beautiful environments to drive through. This is still, like, I feel like the pack leader, right? Ooh. Like, it's it's one of the best-looking games you can you can really play at this point. And, you know, again, car games kind of have a leg up in that, like, they don't have a whole lot of, like human faces to model like there are some in this game there are some human faces in this game uh a lot of them are covered with helmets but still <laughs> um, they uh it, it's a really great looking game it's a great controlling game like i love how they make the different surfaces feel like that was something that forza horizon really excelled at was like all right if it's raining it feels different than if you're driving through the desert or right. if it's if you're driving through a jungle and it's off-roading it feels different than if you're on like a, a a highway and you're on a straightaway and like they do a really great job of that and like they're i'm working my way through like some of like the license stuff like they have like a tutorial system that's built in through like acquiring your license and like i'm working through some of these and like it's like wow like there you really get to like obtain an appreciation for the mechanics through that system and like I'm working on like my international license. I already have my my national licenses, Ooh, and now I'm working through my international licenses. And like, it there's a lot of like, there's a lot of really great mechanics that like this really like drives home when you're playing this. Like, all right, now we're just gonna do this basically like a mini game of like how to go around a corner, like a hairpin turn, or like it's like, man, they really drill down into like, it's self indulgent in all the right ways because they're like. Hey, our gameplay is good as hell. Now we're gonna zoom in on this one particular mechanic and make you like just freaking like like you're gonna respect the hell out of this game, and we're gonna make sure that you do because we're gonna make it so you have to get this certain time on this this one particular mechanic, or else you're not gonna get a medal and you're not gonna get this license that'll open up different cars for you. Interesting. And the other thing that I will say about this game is it really scratches the collector itch in in me, right? Like, I have such a... I mean, if you could see off camera, I think I did it last episode where I, like, zoomed my camera over just a little bit and showed off, like, all of my, like, collectibles that are just, just off screen yeah. in this display case. And this really capitalizes on that, where it's, like, you have a collector level that oh. every time you get, like, new cars or whatever, like it levels you up and it's like, oh my God, like I just got a new car. All right, I got to level up and that gave me all these rewards and everything. And it's like, oh my God, this is going to be a problem for me. So <laughs> my probably like my most played game of all time is probably Final Fantasy X. Okay. But that's because I played it like six or seven times over the course of various consoles, right? Like I, I played the, the remaster on Vita. I played it on PlayStation 4. I played it on PlayStation 5. I played it on Xbox. I played it. it on Switch. So I've played that game so many times across all these different platforms. I probably played it three times on PlayStation 2. 
<laughs> I would say my most played game on my PlayStation 2, like just using that hardware, was Gran Turismo 3 A-Spec. Oh. And it sparked an obsession in cars for me. Really? Like I was just so crazy about cars when I was, like that was like early high school for me. And I was just crazy about cars because of that game. Interesting. That's really fun. I, that's a fun little fact. Like, But that, that yeah. franchise has not gripped me that same way since. Okay. So, like, I'm starting to feel the hooks sink into me with this game. You're so like, here like, we I'm, go. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, this is, like, it, it's a very good game. I, 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 again, I'm not ready to render a final verdict here, but, like, I'm really enjoying this game. Well, I was looking on Metacritic, and, you know, some people take Metacritic. They give it more weight or they give it less weight. But if you're a person who appreciates the Metacritics, it's currently sitting at an 88 with 84 critic reviews. That's a really great score. Uh, so I guess, like, my question to you is, as someone who just enjoyed Forza Horizon, like, the re was that five? That was five, right? Or was that six? Five. Five. Um, and someone who usually doesn't do racing – is, this, is there something in Gran Turismo 7 that could appeal to me? Or is this just very much like this is for the serious Sallies when it comes to racing? The serious Sallies. Um, I think it's for the semi-serious Sallies. <laughs> which is alliteration at its finest, by I the way. It, um, I I think anybody who enjoys like just the, the vroom vroom of like fast cars <laughs> can enjoy this game. Like if you don't want to go through all these like trials and everything, like they, there is plenty to enjoy with this game where it's like, all right, I just want to race. You can do that. Like you can okay. just jump into a race. You can play online with friends. You can do these special time trials where it's like, you choose what kind of music you want to play to. And it plays like, you have to like make it through checkpoints, kind of like an arcade racer where it's like, there's music playing and you just see how far you can make it before time runs out. Oh, that's fun. Um, is there a story? Yeah. Not really. Like, okay. it's more like there's a very loose, like, structure to the entire game where it's like, at first, like, it, it is a hilarious screen where, like, you start out playing it and it's like, all right, you have to do this weird, like, time trial set to classical music. And it's like, okay, okay let's do this. And I did that. And then I got this big screen that says, you can now play Gran Turismo 7. And I was like, <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> But then it, it, then it gave me like, I'm not even kidding, like a 10 to 15 minute cutscene. as soon as I entered it. Like, first of all, it was like a sizzle reel of like the history of the automobile. And it was like, wow. and then that was like real footage, like, like actual like footage of like cars being built and like people in like the fifties driving around in like convertibles. And then like, I was just like, what is this and like i couldn't skip it and then like it opened up to like once we got to like the modern era it opened up to like in-game footage and i was like okay cool we're gonna like do that thing where we jump right into a race and it was like here's another like five minutes of like in-game footage of like cars just driving around i'm like i get it your game looks amazing like like you said earlier though damn game respect the game they're like listen you are our bitch. You are going to enjoy this game, and you are going to watch what we want you to watch. Okay, They're well, like, hmm. we know you suck at this game, so we're going to show you how like a good player plays it, and then we're going to like let you play the game. <laughs> Don't but, like, review our game poorly just because you suck, <laughs> is what they're saying. <laughs> but they do a good job of like onboarding you, being like, all right, well here's like a it's called menus, and basically it's just like side quests that you collect. Like the first one they give you is like. All right, here are three cars you need to collect 
to like satisfy this this mission, right? Mm-hmm. And then it says, "All right, you collected those cars. Here's your reward." And like, but they tell you exactly where you need to go. Like, here's the event you need to participate in in order to get this car to satisfy this mission. Got it. And they do a really good job of putting you, like, pointing you in the right direction and making sure you have like all of the knowledge of where you need to go to get these cars if you don't want to just outright buy them with like credits. So they do a good job with that, but it is like it's so I mean, again, I'm pretty early on. Like I, I was at Dice and so I didn't yeah. get like as much time with the game as other reviewers have. That's why you have a review in progress on gameinformer.com, not a full on review. Mm. But so far it seems like they point you in the right direction and they like they have a loose structure and if you want to do it, you can do it and you'll get the rewards. And if you don't want to do it, you can just go drive and like progress in other ways. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, not only a master at the Pokemons, but a master at the racing games as well. I'm happy you're able you're able to talk about it because we do get a re- we do get requests from our listeners like, why don't you guys talk about racing games more often? It's like because we don't. I think Andrea loves really like loves the Burnout franchise, but I, I don't. The frog, listen to your show. Oh, I love that you called it a frog because we do call it my Muppet voice when I break into a voice like this. It's Muppet, and it hasn't okay. happened in a while. And I love that you call it Kermit because I feel like you just validated. You just, like, validated my entire existence right now, and I greatly appreciate that. But, no, I mean, it sounds like GT is, like, again, semi-serious Sally's. Probably not something up my alley, but I think I'll give it a shot. Because, you know, I, I'm feeling all, like, peacocky after playing Forza. I feel like I kind of have, like, a good grasp on the racing genre, if you will. Even though I know the minute I start that game, I'm just going to... After I get through, like, the 20 minutes of cutscenes, learning about the history of the automobile, but from what it sounds like, I'll probably just yeah. run into all of the little barriers and whatnot. But... Yeah, it could be something fun to play, but I say as I am still juggling Horizon and a few other games. Whoops. Oh, God. Like, there are so many games to play right now. Like, Cyberpunk 2077, like, just got, like, the next-gen upgrade just got sent out to die, basically. Like, that that had Uh, such potential to, like, garner an audience for the second time because everybody saw, like, this game has potential, but it is a total shit show right now. Oh, yeah. It's... When it launched. And now it's like everybody's waiting for the new gen upgrade. And it's like, oh, let's release it on one of the busiest springs that we've had in a long time. Man, ain't that something? I mean, really, it's it's just, I guess it's just kind of a fitting, it's not the final story saga. Because I feel like, I wonder if they're going to do a, a harder marketing push, maybe like later on in the year. Because, like, you know, they're still like tr- going to try to bring in multiplayer at some point, right? And maybe they're just kind of saving maybe. for that. I don't know, right? That's just it. Maybe. Because here's the thing. It's like, not to, again, the ponytail is dead and beaten by now. But I liked Cyberpunk. Like, I didn't have a bad experience with it. I think, obviously, we all know it was just an overhype, underdeliver. But, like, I didn't have any major game-breaking bugs. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed What did you play it on, by the way? Uh, Xbox. See, I played it on Xbox Series S. Oh, okay. And I had a mostly good time, but, like, I would walk into, like, a a shop every once in a while, and everybody would be in T-pose. <laughs> See, you know, that, oh, God, that was one of my favorite things to watch at that time, though, too, were just, like, the funny, like, bugs and shit that people would get on YouTube. Some of the funniest compilation clips are are on there. It's just the best of, like, cars randomly, like, driving, and they just, like, skyrocketed up to space, or it's so <laughs> fucking funny. But I, I liked it. I liked Cyberpunk. I liked Overall, yeah. I liked it as well. It, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to follow up The Witcher 3, just You're because, right. like I said earlier, one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. But, like... I can't help but feel if they release Cyberpunk 2077, like, new-gen upgrade in, like, late April, May, 
that gets a whole lot more attention than like when you release it like two weeks before the Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, the Elden Ring. Let's the Elden Ring. I don't is... know why I said it like no, the Google. Because it is the Elden Ring. I and a little aside, I Elden Ring is not for me right now. Like it's just I I I don't want to lose and die a lot. I'm enjoying a very chill game right now. But I just love everyone is that everyone is talking about it i'm seeing clips posted all over my twitter timeline it's just really cool when you get a game like that that really unifies people and it just it's just it's a fun thing right now to see everybody playing it and enjoying themselves and from what i hear i mean it's a fantastic wonderful one of the best games ever made yada 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 but uh not for me right now but maybe i had maybe a someday. about my from software cycle like you hear about the sonic cycle where it's uh -huh. like people get hyped then they learn more about the game. They get less hype. Then the game releases to like middling reviews. And then it's like they announce that they've learned their lesson. And then they announce the next Sonic game and people are hyped. And then, you know, yeah. they learn more about the game. It just keeps going on and on and on. My From Software cycle is a new From Software game gets announced. I know From Software games aren't for me. So I just ignore the hype. Like, I'm just like, all right, I, I, I know it's not for me. Like, let people be excited about things. Let people enjoy things. Uh-huh. But it's not for me. Yeah. I'm not going to get excited. Then we get close to launch. And the hype overtakes me. <laughs> and then I'm like, I can't wait to play this damn game. And then I buy it on launch day, which I did with Elden Ring. And then I play it. And then I realize, oh, wait, From Software games are not for me. That's exactly what happened <laughs> with me with Sekiro. And then I, 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 I you know, say, all right, well, next time they're not going to get me. Wow. And the the closest it's ever come to me that like a, I mean I haven't again I haven't played Elden Ring yet so I really I, I think this I mean <laughs> I'm falling victim to my own cycle before your very eyes. I don't think that like if there's a game that has a chance from From Software, uh -huh. it's Elden Ring because they're borrowing so much from like the Zelda formula, mm. like the open world and everything. Like mm -hmm. just go wherever you want and like complete missions and everything. And like it it seems very freeform in that way the way breath of the wild was right right like they point you in certain directions and they like let you collect weapons and whatever but like ultimately it's your call where you go right and that appeals to me a lot the closest that from software has come for me was bloodborne and i played that for maybe 10 or 15 hours i loved what i played with it and and i beat father gascoigne who everybody says like oh well, once you get past him it's like smooth sailing. Like you, that's like the, like the, the real like difficulty check of like, if you can beat him, you're set for the rest of the game. And I beat him on like my second try. And I was like, hell yeah. Like I'm good to go. And then I went and there was a swamp next and I'm like, yeah, I don't really like this. So I stopped playing. Oh, that was it. <laughs> I never played again. And I want to, I, I want to go back and play it again, but now Elden Ring's out. So I'm like, I might as well play this. Yeah. Yeah. Just fuck swamps. Eventually. Like never Once go back I to beat... the swamps again. Once I beat Dying Light 2 and Horizon Forbidden West, maybe I'll play Elden Ring. Okay, so in like five years is what you're saying. Well, as he hangs his head, yeah, that, that's the way it is. It's not even shame. It's just like being defeated because like I can't keep up with all the – like I'm so, so happy that I got Pokemon Legends Arceus before it came out as a reviewer. Sure. Because otherwise I would probably still be playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. I wouldn't have even started Dying Light 2. Yeah. There's just so many large games right now. And like you said earlier, you know, delays really kind of push push things into different, you know, quarters and whatever. Like, I'm not complaining. You have some fantastic games at our disposal right now. And they're really fun and great. It's just, you know, hard to play all of them. But I guess it's a good problem to have. It's the ultimate FOMO, right? It's the ultimate, ultimate FOMO. All we can do is like, get the little Oh, my God. Everybody's thrills. talking about Horizon Forbidden West. I'm still playing Dying Light 2. Okay. 
Everybody stop talking about Horizon Forbidden West. Now everybody's talking about Elden Ring. I'm still playing Dying Light 2. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, there's no getting ahead of it. <laughs> there's no getting ahead of it. Well, Brian, as always, it's just an absolute pleasure to have you on this show. I just love the energy you bring, and I love all the Pokemon shenanigans. I feel like we had we had at least like five good, bad Pokemon jokes in there today. I feel like, you know, you kind of crushed it from that perspective. So we are now the Pokemon comedians. Did you know that? You do now. That's the way it goes. I did not hear what you said because I am currently frozen. Oh, you're back. Oh, there we go. Hey, Yay. he's back. I, I was just saying how we're now the Pokemon comedians because we had at least five bad, good Pokemon jokes in there. I would say more bad than good, but yeah. Well, you know. Like, uh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know, but you still have a Magikarp as your Discord icon, so uh, we'll say it's a net positive. We'll say it's a net positive. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. Just remind us again, where can people find you? All right, so Twitter and Instagram at Brian Pichet. Mm -hmm. It's S-H-E-A and Brian with an I. And then uh, GameInformer.com for all of the uh, daily shenanigans. Game Informer Magazine for all the monthly shenanigans. And then for all the weekly shenanigans, it's all things Nintendo uh, on your favorite podcast platform. Hell yeah. And I'll put all of those links in the podcast description so you can find Brian and look at his amazing selfies on Instagram and his food and his <laughs> drinks. Seriously. Those, that, those food and drink pictures you post are just your chef. Well, I just posted a picture of the uh, the whiskey sour, so you can know exactly when we recorded this episode. Yep, see, there you go. You need a better reason to check it out? I don't think so. Well, thank you again so much for listening, and we will see you next week with a very special guest. Goodbye, everybody.